0: KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa. A product of Tyler Media. Reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Take Thunder Post Game Show. I am... And better than ever, Christine Butterfield here alongside the one and only Brady Trantham. And of course, behind the glass, not the Catamount Killer. We have Radio's Ryan and Ryan Chapman behind the glass. And you guys, the Thunder actually... One tonight, despite having basically nine players after Lou Dort had to leave the game due to some left knee soreness apparently. Yes. Uh, So he went out in the second quarter and did not return to the game. The Thunder were left with nine players. SGA was also out due to um, some injuries and the Thunder were able to pull it out. Now, this could have been attributed to the Rockets not shooting as well as they did in the previous game, but ultimately... The Thunder were able to come out very strong, shooting well from behind the arc, and really did a good job of limiting the Rockets' opportunities offensively. And then when they tried to make things go on the other end of the floor, Tao Maladon was able to get a lot of contribution. Kendrick Williams... Was able to pull out a lot of shots. I was shocked by that. I, I thought that he actually had one of the best games we've seen him play. Brady, what was the most impressive thing to you off of this game tonight?
2: Well, I think it was just the attention to detail. I mean, the Rockets, I'm, coming into this game, they had a six-game winning streak. Basically, since they've traded James Harden, they have been a defensive juggernaut. Uh, they're, they're, key, they're allowing, I think, 87 points per uh, possession in half-court uh, sets. And Mark Dagnall said in the postgame on Monday night after the Thunder lost by 30 points that, hey, the Rockets are very physical defensively and they aggressively switch on ball screens. And in that first quarter, which is basically where that game ended, that the Rockets scored 48 points in that opening quarter on Monday. uh, The Thunder looked like that they had not heard a single word Mark Dagnall had told told them or warned them about about the Houston Rockets. Because, I mean, A, the Rockets hit every shot. uh, B, the Thunder fouled. And C, the Thunder didn't adapt or... Uh, just bounce back from whatever Houston was trying to do defensively. So obviously they come in tonight with a large disadvantage, like you said, of no Shea Alexander, their leading scorer, their best player. And then, of course, not even having George Hill for the uh, sixth game in a row. Uh, and then, of course, lo- losing Lou Dwarp, not eight, nine minutes into the game for good. Uh, we'll check on his status in the postgame uh, moving forward for the Thunder. They've got two games this weekend. But having nine players and still having all that attention to, de- to detail uh, defensive prowess, uh, hustle. I mean, the cliche things that the Thunder are always going to bring because that's all that they can do is just try their little tails off. And that's exactly what they did tonight. And it actually worked. And now, did the Rockets maybe pack it in a, you know, a little early once they realized, okay, we're not going to be shooting 60% from the three-point line. We're not going to be shooting right. 70% overall. Uh, may, we, we're on a six-game winning streak. We just destroyed this team by 30 points, maybe take or pack it in. But at the same time, guys like Kenrich Williams, guys like Tao Maladon, guys that have not had that much time to shine positively this season, they were balling out and they took it seriously. That's the important thing to take uh, to take uh to take away from this game because I mean I'm sure Ryan will get it at some point from Elias about the biggest swing from game to game with the same two teams of like a 30 point loss to a near 30-point win for Oklahoma City. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, overall, just better attention to detail.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, one of my biggest takeaways was kind of what you talked about a little bit with the hustle there. It was so impressive to me to see nine players on this team play with such an intensity throughout the entire game, because that's really tough when you really think about the fact that Oklahoma City only had four substitutions that they could make at a time tonight which for them is, you know, I mean, they're they're usually playing a lot of their bench, so they kind of had a limited number of guys there. But I think it kind of went to their advantage, at least, with Houston shooting the way that they were tonight. They were able to capitalize on all those opportunities, especially Kendrick Williams. And, I mean, we'll get into that kind of in player of the game, so that's going to be coming up. But Ryan... What do you really think this attributed to? Because Darius Baisley had one of the best nights that we've seen all season from him. And it seems like all the players that needed to step up, stepped up for the Thunder.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys had good nights, but this is one of the few games all season long... That we've seen the Oklahoma City Thunder not have to play out of a massive hole in the first quarter. Like coming into tonight, the Thunder were minus 119 points over the course of fourth quarters in all the games, or first quarters, in all the games they had played. They had only led twice after the first quarter and and they were only tied twice after the first quarter. So tonight, they come in. Obviously, um, Monday night against Houston was like the worst first quarter that they had had, but they come in tonight. And with everyone gone, they brought that energy. Is it sustainable over a long period of time? No. If, if Shea Gildas, Alexander, George Hill, all those guys were missing two months, we would see the little bounce over the first two or three games, and it would all even back out to what it is. But. Like you said, Christine, um, Darius Baisley came in and he was immediately just awesome. Three of four from the field, got to the free throw line four times just in the first quarter alone. 11 points to get it going for the Thunder. Al Horford was great early on. I think that you saw those guys say, look, th- the guards are depleted. The backcourt's depleted. We're going to take it upon ourselves to set the tone and set the tone early on and not have another disastrous first quarter. And I think it showed that they-, they go out, Thunder are a plus five after the first quarter and then... They did what they've done in most games, which is work their way into the game. They make nice adjustments as the game goes on, which I think that's a big feather in the cap of uh, Coach Dagnall. But yeah, I I just think the the big thing, more than anyone stepping up, was just the whole team came out and played with this fire and this intensity. And they said, we are not going to give up another 40-point first quarter again. And I think it really showed.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to the first quarter hole that we've seen the Thunder let go of night after night. On Monday against the Houston Rockets, they allowed for 48 points, and tonight they only allowed for 25. They practically cut it in half, which is a big adjustment on Mark Dagnall's part. So you have to really attribute that to him. But like we said, Al Horford and Darius Baisley came out from the beginning, came out swinging really strong from the get-go. Were really assertive in getting to the rim and really assertive on defense as well. I guess I'm just confused because I feel like this is what we've been asking to see out of Darius Bailey for this whole season was a breakout night kind of like this. And he's been in quite a rut lately. And I and I guess I don't know if it's because he knew that he had way more pressure on him in this game to kind of make up for what they were going to be missing with Shea, Gilgis, Alexander. I don't know what kind of led up to this, but Brady, I wanted to go to you first and then maybe um, Ryan can get on in on this too but do you think that Darius Baisley had such a great game tonight because he knew there was added pressure and he knew he really had to step up for the Thunder to have a chance of winning this game or do you think that it just kind of was a flip of the switch and he was able to just turn it on when he needed to
2: well I, I don't know about you guys I mean going into the game we all understood that this was gonna be a tough tough ask for this team not just because they got destroyed by 30 points and Basically, were played off the floor in the first quarter, like you said, Christine, on Monday night against this very same team, and of course the Rockets aren't going. They don't have John Wall tonight as well, so that of course affects things. John Wall is a very uh, good talent in the NBA, but I would, if I'm Darius Baisley, who's had nothing but bad basketball except for like maybe one or two examples we can point to over the last month. If I'm if I'm Darius Baisley, if I'm anybody, Tao Maldon on this team, I look at tonight as like a gigantic bonus. It's like, okay, no SGA. That means I'm going to get some more uh, more opportunities. I'm going to get some more minutes as a result. So I'm just going to look at this game and go, if I do anything bad, I don't care. Because look, look at all these disadvantages we have. And we just lost this team by 30. So if I'm Darius Baisley, I might have gone into this game with a much clearer mind than I have been going into uh, the last five or six games that he's gone into uh, from that standpoint alone. Now he probably goes into every game with the same mindset like he would probably tell tell us if we asked him that exact question, but it certainly looked that way at least early on. He missed his first shot uh, but was still aggressive, didn't hang his head on anything. He was still looking for multiple ways to affect the game. I mean, 18 points, 12 rebounds, his, I think his sixth double-double of the game. Darius Basley was just, he looked like the player that we saw all the first four or five games of the season that looked like a guy that could just average a double-double and it's you know, kind of second nature to him. But outside of that, I mean, Darius Baisley defensively was great. I mean, this entire team was great defensively, and it really seems like Mark Dagnall preached hardcore. If you guys want any chance of winning this game, you've got to defend because we may not be able to score with them. If they're going to hit shots uh, to their average, we don't have SGA to bail us out at times, so we need to defend. Darius Baisley was great. Al Horford was even good, but. We need, to, we need to look this up, Ryan. I mean, Tao Maldon had six deals. That has to be a, a career high for him. But Tao Maldon's six deals is just kind of like the big example that I can kind of look at and point to and say, yeah, they, they really keyed on their defense tonight. And it really showed.
3: Yeah, I, I think just on the Baisley front, we, we kind of talked about it um, over the last month. We all, I think, kind of felt it was more a result of him just being in a slump more than anything else um I, i'm not ready to call like a sophomore slump or anything like that he's just been thrust into a new role like with the way this roster is constructed there is no steven adams or nerland's noel to to be a help side anything like it's all face up on the ball like basically has to do it all defensively that there is no other real help cuz even Al horford's not really that type of center so i, I just think it's an adjustment period for Basley. And the last two games, specifically, he's played a lot better. 6 of 13, if I'm not mistaken, that's what he shot two nights ago against the Rockets, the same team as well. He ended up getting the double double with the 12 rebounds, like you said, Brady. I think that Darius is just, he was in a bad slump. And that happens to everyone, not just rookies and sophomores in this league like everyone outside of the top like five players in the nba go through highs and lows throughout a season that's why you know normally you hear it's one of 82 this year it's one of 72 it's just it's a long season and it's good news that 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 slump early in the year didn't shake basically we've kind of said how his body language at times is, is pretty negative on the floor which is not inherently a bad thing if if it affects you night in night out and it appears that by the his ability to pull out of this slump that it, it, that's just what it was. It was, he had a rough month of shooting and and hopefully that he'll put it behind him and he'll just keep growing as a player this year. So I just think that, you know, big night for Darius, just as far as his confidence, because this is now three games in a row he's put together. that have been pretty good.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely think that he needed this, little stint for sure after having a whole month where he was just seemingly ineffective and not as confident as you would want him to be for the Thunder for him to be able to step up especially in a night like this was so key for this team and he also had this really good moment where he almost went coast to coast he had a really good block on the defensive end then almost did (laughs) I know Again, almost asterisk, but and then he uh, was able to take it onto the other end of the floor, almost went up for where he went up for a layup and kind of got caught up in um, some defenders there and he ended up going to the free throw line. But that kind of aggressiveness is what I've been wanting to see from Darius Baisley because I think he has it in him and he has this energy about him where when he... Believes in himself, and when he knows what he wants to do, he can execute it. I think just sometimes, whenever I see Darius Baisley drive to the rim or look to kick things out, he doesn't seem like he knew exactly what he was planning on doing when he got the ball, and it shows.
2: Yeah, which is a little a characteristic of him because he seems he he appears very methodical. He he for the most part of his rookie year, or the beginning, beginning part of this year, whenever he's trying to do something, it looks like he. He, he, exactly what I was saying. Like he looks like he knows what he's trying to do, but does it work every time? Not really. He's still a young player, but I mean, for me, this is a very important time for Darius because I mean, what was it? The Phoenix game. He had a, he had kind of a nice game, Ryan. It was it was that, and then I think we said that night. Okay, well, this needs to be all right. Well put this together to the next game and keep that going because you're starting to shed the skin of looking at Darius Baisley as a rookie, as a young player only and taking all the good and looking forward to the future with that and ignoring all the bad games. And we're past that point now. So with a back-to-back, a literal back-to-back against Minnesota uh, Friday and Saturday night, uh, he needs to look at this game and say, I'm going to stop having bad consecutive games. I'm going to try and have two, three against one of the worst teams in the league. And real quick, just some housekeeping right now. Uh, Brady, like you
3: said, that six steals from Teo, That is a career high. He also tied a career high in assists tonight with four. He's done four, it looks like, three other times. So, good night for Teo as well as Darius.
2: Shout
1: Nicely out to done. France
2: and all of our French listeners, oh, of
3: course. Oh,
1: oh. Shout out to Maladon. <laughs> Maladon.
2: Maladon.
3: Maladon. I, st- I still feel like... Obviously, who am I to say, it, you know, Teo is given the pronunciation of his name to the Thunder, so it's obviously not wrong. I just feel like looking at it, it looks like it's Maldon, not that, Maladon. That's but, what I'm
1: saying. Like, I feel like it's Teo Maldon. Maladon. Like, 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 are we going to sound pretentious every time when we say it? I don't know.
2: Yes. Oh, oh, I we, mean, we. I'm, I'm, I was born in Enid, Oklahoma. I grew up primarily in West Texas as okay. a kid, so I'm just going to I'm going to use the accent that God gave me. Sure, I'm not, Brady. I'm not going to try, is what I'm going to say. I'll try to pronounce his name correctly,
0: but the accent will just remain the same.
1: Well, we're going to try to get into Player of the Game.
0: Now, the Franchise Thunder, Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmund.
1: Ryan,
3: I'll go first. Do you care to uh, go first? Give me the layup. Kenrich Williams tonight. Lou Dort, as we said, Lou Dort out. And so Williams steps in and does a great job. 23 minutes, 19 points, 7 of 8 from the field, including 3 of 3 from deep. Sorry, guys, this one's the easy one. But Kenny Hustle got it done on both ends of the floor tonight. So that, that's just what this Thunder team can do randomly, which is what makes them fun to watch, is that Kenrich Williams comes in, does a great job.
1: Yeah, you stole mine. Actually, shocker. Which what it is a shocker I, he, I, because he's you know the layup. how much no, he's the layup. Well, I, he is the layup, but you know how much trash I've been talking about him true. all season. So for me to say that, that's a lot. But I'll let I'll let Brady go ahead before I. I'm not going to go chalk anyway. So well,
3: mainly because you have to
2: scurry to find a new one. I'll pick that. Uh, I'll pick that there Theo Maladon guy. I guess six deals, man. Like, like really really I said. Good. Like I said, like Is that
1: a season high? Career is. high?
2: Yes.
3: Welcome to the show, Christine, where we just did the career high two minutes ago. Did
1: it's like people hey, can't did, tell I'm being sarcastic. Did on you know that he Whoa. tied
3: he also tied a career high in assists? An assist. Oh my gosh, wait. But his career is like twenty games long. It's a career high. Career Technically high. correct, best kind of correct.
2: No, who did he just absolutely just stonewall at the rim? Was it Eric Gordon? Yeah, I believe I so. I think so. And then just took the ball in bounds. Yeah, was just like, like, <laughs> "Who is this guy?" Was I was like, <laughs> "Tiny Sir Jabaka guy." He's right. incredible, right?
3: Air France cleared for takeoff.
2: <laughs> I don't know what the French. Um, I don't know what their air force is like. They uh, they have great displays on Bastille Day. Their navy's kind of sneaky, but yeah. other than that, I don't. I'm not. Too
1: it's clear. probably Gouda. Oh no! <laughs> Can we go to break? <laughs> the-
2: Give, give
3: your player. I had to
1: say it. I no, have to, no,
2: no, you really didn't.
1: No, I meant to say I have to say my player before we move okay. on.
2: There are children uh, listening to this.
1: Anyways, so I'm not going to go chalk. I would go Darius Baisley here, but um, we kind of already talked about how good he was. I'm going to go with Isaiah Roby just because he was six of nine. Boo. Is it just because I said it? Yep. I, I hate just all of you. Feel like
2: it's just, After it's that just performance, that performance, yeah.
1: All right, because clearly everyone hates me on this broadcast. We probably shouldn't have me talking anymore do. before the break. Speaking so,
2: of happy national girls and women Sports sports. Yeah, though.
1: I know. I'm feeling the love and the day where I'm supposed to actually. Happy belated birthday as well. Thanks. You're welcome. Wow. Thanks, guys. Anyways, Thunder one, one oh four to eighty seven. We are going to be right back with the First Take Thunder Post Game Show, where we get into Tank Commander
0: of the Game. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on one oh seven seven, the franchise, and one oh seven nine, the franchise, Tulsa.
1: <laughs> You're listening to the First Take Thunder Post Game Show.
0: I Thunder, be- I can't believe you just talked through the pregnant pause.
1: Oh, did I really?
3: Yes,
1: I don't like dead air. I don't know.
3: So the first time I ever played this bumper for Brady, I think he almost pooped his pants. during <laughs> He's like, "What happened? <laughs> Is there a glitch?"
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know what I thought. I just like
2: you don't know what you thought. No, I don't. You, Christine, you gotta you gotta catalog those thoughts.
1: I know. That's I think you need, that's a, what you need a journal.
2: For? You need a journal on air while you're talking.
1: <laughs> I just need someone to constantly be filming me as I'm recording everything.
2: I mean, we're on camera right now. I don't know if we're actually on something, but there's
1: cameras right there. Hi. Hello, camera. I hope we don't look too tragic. It's kind of late. But the Thunder win 104-87 to 87 against the Houston what? Rockets. Can you believe? I can.
2: This team, I tell you what, they just don't care about that number Hashtag. one overall pick. I tell week. you
1: what. Hashtag not embracing the tank, apparently.
2: Maybe the tank was out of gas tonight.
1: Maybe they ran out of ammo. I don't know. SGA
2: forgot the keys, man. I'm starting to think that this was like a wholesale tank
3: from the Russians. Doesn't work. Are you you calling for Russian collusion? No. I'm just saying that this was a secondary market
2: tank. It does not work very well.
1: That Mm. is all. I don't know enough about tanks to continue on. The Rockets
2: need to build a John Wall. It's going to be a great John Wall.
1: I really wish we could have some John Wall bumper music, but
2: yeah, Ryan
3: Chapman. Unfortunately, that's
1: unavailable.
2: Didn't your parents ever tell you you get what you get? And you don't throw a fit. He's just mad. Did the Hawks lose? The Hawks lost. Yeah.
1: See, he just,
0: yeah,
2: he's he just a salty. little, he's
1: he, a little moody. He'll be fine though.
2: Okay. I'm a dolphins fan. They lose all the time, man. Like you should be okay with this. I'm I'm used to it. I'm a Hawks fan, I'm a Raiders fan. Like I'm just I'm I'm
1: aware you, like yeah. is what I signed up for. You put you put yourself in this position. I like did. you know what you're doing. I did.
2: Yeah. The heater 7 and 14.
1: Do you want to talk about it?
2: <sighs> oh, man, you know what? That that finals run was fun though. Jimmy Butler, that was a performance for the ages. Good times. Yeah.
1: Good times. It
2: entertained us all during times of plague, and we should all be thankful.
1: We should be thankful. I'm thankful personally.
2: Would you, would you guys have rather watch Jason Tatum embarrass himself against the Lakers in the finals? I wouldn't. <sighs> Couldn't that be was me. mean. Prove me wrong, Jason.
1: I like Jason Tatum. He's probably one of my favorite. I'm sure he's a, okay. Where players do, in the NBA right now. How
2: come we can't critique players on the floor, on the field, without it becoming personal? I, I've never met Jason Tatum. Never talked to the guy, but I, I would. I'm sure he's a fine human being. I'm let's, sure Buki Radley Hiles is a nice person. But let's let's be fine with critiquing the on the field, and the on the courtness. Not permitted. That's all I'm asking especially, for.
3: Especially Apparently if you're not. a former
1: player. <sighs> I I want to get back into the Thunder though, just because I really think that we talked about the first quarter slump. A lot. And the Thunder have done a terrible job of making sure that they keep the first quarter close. Although, especially tonight, second quarter and third quarter, they were able to limit the Houston Rockets to 18 points in the second quarter and then 15 points in the third. That's pretty That's pretty good on defense when you're losing Lou Dort because Lou Dort is the main person who is keeping up that defense, keeping up the energy, and really having the person or the player that is the leading scorer for the opposing team on lock so that they have to kind of create a different strategy on offense now Lou Dort left during the second quarter and didn't return for the rest of the game so actually all of their contributors and all the role players for the Thunder were key in making sure that those points were kept to a minimum and I think that it's not really being talked about, which I think is kind of crazy when you think about how this could end up playing out for the Thunder if they continue to play that well defensively.
2: Yeah, I mean the other fortunate thing is just the fact that Victor Oladipo just didn't shoot the ball really well. I mean, he was blowing by Lou Dort when Lou was out there. Whoever was defending him, I mean, Vic was yeah. just like blowing right past him and uh, his shot just wasn't falling, whether it was a spot up, whether it was just getting off the dribble uh, penetration and uh, pulling up for a jumper. He just didn't have it. And of course, that's not to discredit the Thunder from anything because you're, um, every time you lace up and play, not every opponent you're going to play is going to shoot like the Rockets did on Monday night. So when your opponent's best player doesn't shoot well, you welcome it and you just try to take advantage of that. And that's what the Thunder did. So that's why you credit the Thunder in their defense. But um, the interesting thing, they did this in the second quarter a little bit. They ran a little bit of that Utah offense with Mike Muscala and Isaiah Roby and Justin Jackson, you know, like getting them getting the blender going, it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think it resulted in a Mike Muscala, eighteen foot bank shot that got partially blocked, or he got fouled on the forearm and didn't get called. But I was like, okay, I, I like that Mark Dagnall. It's like, just you know, what? Let's just try it. You know, who cares? There's nine players out here. Uh, just you guys are in good shape. You're not going to be tired. Well, it was fun even before
3: Ludort went out. Just like that starting lineup of. Teo, Hami, Lou Dort, Baisley, and then Al Horford. It was like kindergarten cop out there. It's like, <laughs> all right, we're gonna throw Al Horford out there and all of the youths and just say, and
1: all the kiddos, yeah, just have
3: fun, Al. Just shepherd it along, and it looked good. But yeah, no, I think the the Thunder did a really good job, obviously, and I think it can be credited to the fact that there were only, you know, nine guys available um at, at that point. And I, like I said, I feel like. Teams do this a lot where that first game and maybe even the second game, you're able to dig within yourself and find that extra bit of effort on almost every single possession to be there to close out, to to make that extra rotation. And thankfully for the Thunder, SGA does not seem to be something serious at all. Lou Dort, um, they've said in post game now, Coach Dagnall said that they're not sure on Lou Dort's status. They're going to have to get it evaluated tomorrow morning, which to me that sounds like it's probably a good thing because – Usually, if it's something awful, you can tell pretty immediately, yeah, there's something wrong. You know what I mean? But um, might, uh, might get an MRI. Yeah. yeah. So, it's one of those things where I think the Thunder are going to be fine tonight because they were able to, to do that. And I think it'll be good for them going forward because they're going to get those guys back. And then Dagonal can always pull out this film and be like, look. This is the kind of defense you need to play. If you do that every night, we're going to be in really good shape. Now, the caveat is Houston still moved the ball really well. They actually had, I think this is insane, they had 21 assists for a team that only shot 38% from the field. So to me, that says, I think you absolutely have to credit the Thunder because I thought their closeouts were excellent tonight, but like Houston was creating shots, they just weren't making them. So I think it could be both, and I don't think that takes anything away from them, but uh, it it was a good showing. And, And like you said, Christine, anytime you hold a team in one game to an 18-point quarter or a 15-point quarter, you feel really good about about what you've done. When you do it in back-to-back quarters, like you're going to win that game nine times out of ten.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest difference in the game tonight versus the game on Monday was the fact that Houston was just shooting out of their minds on Monday, and they had a lot of similar shots tonight that they just didn't make. So that obviously plays into the Thunder's favor. But we've seen this happen time and time again where... When the Thunder this season, I'm talking about the season strictly when the Thunder play a team that they had previously played, they look immensely better. And that falls directly on the coaching staff and making adjustments. So when you're talking about the overarching season of this is a developmental season, this is something you're going to try to see them improve from game to game. And you just see this team look like night and day better from their previous matchup against that opposing team to then now. That's huge. And so I don't know what Mark Dagnault's future is with the Thunder, but if you're looking at what he's able to do just from game to game when you're looking at, you know, the Houston Rockets on Monday versus the Houston Rockets tonight, especially when they are they don't have SGA and George Hill is out and they lose Lou Dort in the second quarter and they're still able to pull off this performance, I think that that's kind of a huge deal. And
3: Trevor Reese is out.
1: And, of course. Prayers for him. Forget,
2: Indeed. Indeed. We're looking Forget forward to his that. triumphant return. Uh quick speculation. If Lou Dort doesn't go this weekend, does that mean more Hamadou Diallo in this does that mean more Hamidou Diallo in the starting lineup? I think so.
3: Well, hey, mm. this is the uh I've I wanted to see Hami and Teo try to develop that chemistry as as the one two. I think that but in, there is none. Like it's Hami ISO. Right. But that that's why you gotta I think that you need to throw them out. If you kill the Hamadou Diallo point guard experiment and you say look when we throw the second unit out there we Hamadou we want you to be the focal point of this but we also want Teo to actually play point guard and just roll with that for the next what 50 games like uh, they're gonna get a lot of reps and I think that is a very great one-two punch off the bench for the future so I don't necessarily think it'll be a bad thing to see more of it yeah it looks ugly right now but a lot of the stuff on this team looked ugly 20 games ago. You give them 20 more games to, to settle into those roles and, and learn how to play alongside each other, I think it'll look a lot better.
1: Yeah, I think Teo's just you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away from being really competitive in the second string because you look at what he's trying to do and what he's trying to execute, and you can see his line of vision. You can see where he wants to put the ball. But sometimes it just kind of falters because he's so new to the league and he is a little bit undersized. So sometimes he can't thread those passes as crisp as he would like. And sometimes he can't get past these guys in the lane. And that's just going to happen, especially when he doesn't quite know his angles yet. And so when you think about just his overall vision of the floor. (laughs) Sorry.
3: No, I, I love the point you're making. It just is really funny to be phrased like he doesn't know his angles, like he's an Instagram model, like
2: just trying to become an influencer, but he doesn't quite know his angles.
3: You know, I it's, don't r- know what he, it's the
1: perfect metaphor.
2: I don't know what he got in geometry class. I mean, we we can only speculate at this point. Then you have to translate it from French to English. Oh man, that's going to be, that's going to be difficult.
1: <sighs> it's going to be tough. I mean, the RIP metric to system the, the just, coaching staff that has to, you know, tutor him and his angles. That's got to be tough, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, sorry,
3: I interrupted you. I was, No, you're good. It you just, just brought a smile you're to my face. You were like,
1: laughing, and I was you just like, Beg
3: for mercy, Ryan. There's something
1: wrong. I'm sorry. No, but yeah, I, you just look You look at the potential that he has, especially in the plays that he's trying to create. And when you know that you have such a creative mind that's just a couple of, you know, I, I don't want to say a couple of games, actually, but, you know, just some experience away from being able to make those plays into a true reality, it's exciting to see. But. Something Well, and
3: before you close the book on Teo, I did confirm this from airplanes.com. The biggest airplane uh flight carrier, whatever airplane company in France is indeed Air France. So Air France cleared for takeoff, it will uh
1: travel. Nice. Thank you so much. Anytime that's what I'm here
3: for. I, I'm here to look up Teo's Kerr Hyde Steel. I don't know what we would assists, do without you. What the biggest airline in France is. Like I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, that's all we need. What we also need, though, is to get into Tank Commander of the Game.
3: All right, guys. Okay, so I've got bad news for you. The computer's back here. Not working. But it's okay. You ready? Okay, Christine. Ryan. Three. Just throw it to
1: it again. Okay. Three, two. Okay, we're going to go to Tank Commander of the Game. We're going tanking.
3: tanking.
1: Guys, we're going...
2: Tanking! Through the quad. Into the gymnasium. Beautiful. Gymnasium. I can't speak
1: to it. Ah! Uh, great. Anyway, Brady, do you care to go first?
2: Oh, yeah. It's uh, Alexi Pokushevsky because now the Thunder are undefeated (laughs) when he is not with the team. Oh, no! That is a fact. And not only... Hold on. Did they lose the game that he was out concussed? I can't remember. You, I can't remember yesterday, Ryan. So, like fair. No questions about the past. Sorry, we're all on the here and now. <laughs> my, that's my bad. I'm sorry. Not only are the Thunder undefeated without Alexei pokoshevsky with, with, with the team, they are minus thirty points to plus however the scoring margin was tonight because I'm not a mathematician. Twenty-seven. Uh, Twenty-seven points better without him. That is a fact and uh, cannot be debated. Christine, you're tank commander of the game.
1: Oh wow. Okay, I'll go next. I think She t-
2: can't even say Kenrich Williams this time
1: mm, I, know, I know It's she, my go to What I, am I supposed to do See I mean, yeah. he's, all, he's at
2: the podium This is Kenrich Williams Podium game You could go Wait. with him
3: You would be wrong But you could go with him It's a free country
1: My tank commander of the game Is going to be Shea Alexander Because You think Oh no out
2: How dare you get hurt They
1: obviously would tank But They ended up winning So
3: I'm gonna go with someone Who actually played Mike Mascala Two for seven again uh, not a, not efficient. I can't wait. What he, is the opposite of dos auto? That's Muscala lately.
2: Yeah, you know how when things get bad with a basketball team, you you often hear about the the, the players only meeting, the come to Jesus moment that the team has. When's the co- like the executives only meeting going to happen for this for this franchise where it's like stop winning,
1: quit we, it. We That's, sat Shay for a reason. I have to. Say, I feel like it's already happened. It's like, I feel like it guys. happened like five games ago. Ken Where Sam Presti was like, Ser- seriously, though.
3: We
2: have a plan and you're ruining it. Ken Rich Williams is like, but I don't care about that, sir. I'm trying to make a name for myself and, and uh, latch on to a team with, in the NBA for a long time. And he's like, I don't care about your future. I will speak highly. of. I'll, it's like a good reference on a resume. Like, do this job for me and I
3: will speak highly of you to all the other GMs.
1: Kenny Hustle's just like, I need to make money somehow, Sam. Please let me go out.
3: He has a family.
1: And kids?
2: I'm not sure on that.
1: Okay, well, next that's your project, job to look yeah, up. My next yeah. project.
2: Is- yeah, look on Basketball Reference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> NBA.net. All right, you guys. Thunder win 104-87. We are going to take a quick break, but be sure to stay tuned because we're going to be getting into Around the Association, everyone's favorite segment this is your First Take Thunder post game show.
0: Come back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder post game show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa.
1: I was waiting just in case there was a gap. You're listening to the First Take Thunder post game show. Myself, Christine Butterfield, the Brady Transham, and of course Ryan Chapman behind the glass. <laughs> Thunder win, 104 to 87. And Brady, you look so excited to talk. Uh, I'm not that excited.
2: I Don't know what you're talking about. Wow, that's such a lie. What, what are you talking about? You
1: sat here just smiling your goofy face at me, well, looking not... like you were so eager to get on the spine trying... He can't
3: help that his face is goofy, Christine. Yeah, I'm trying to look. His you up. hair
1: is goofy, but his. Uh, oh, thank you so much. Your your hair is goofy, but your face necessarily. I don't think it is.
2: We're getting we're getting too close to
1: home, guys. Okay, don't want to. Let's
2: crit- let's criticize
1: the millionaires, not not me. <laughs> All right, let's take Brady out of this. Ryan, will you please take us around the association? Yeah, like I said, we're dead on this side, so we don't have the the
3: fancy, spanchy music, but Brady, uh, avert your eyes, my friend, as we start in Miami, the Heat taking on... The Wizards, the Wizards enter the game 4-13. They would ultimately move to 5-13, however, as Bradley Bill and his 32-point performance pushes the Wizards over the Heat, 103-100. Butler had 19 points to lead the Heat, Elsewhere the Knicks keep on rolling. I guess you can say that about a 10 and 13 team. They're exceeding <laughs> what we normally think of the Knicks.
2: That's incredible.
3: 107 to 103 over the Chicago Bulls. Randall had 27 6 and 6. Mister Levine 24 points for him. So he keeps on rolling as we said. The game we are covering right here, we'll get to it here in a second. Thunder 104 to 87, the big turnaround there. Oh! Uh- the Spurs did not do the Thunder a favor tonight as the, as the Timberwolves played them close, but San Antonio ultimately won 111-108. Malik Beasley had 29 points, dueling with DeMar DeRozan's 30, so an exciting match up there. The two games, no, we've missed one game at least. Yes, okay, here we go. Scrolling is hard. My, my hometown Atlanta Hawks, John Collins, 35 points and 12 rebounds, was not enough. The Hawks came on a 19-4 run to make it close at the end. But the Mavs ultimately won. You're not one twenty two li- to one sixteen. You're not literally from the ATL, are you? No,
1: no. He claims to be though. I
3: just call <laughs> him my hometown. Have you ops. been there like twice? Like a billion times. I see. Like twice a year for many years. You anyway. Bo- you were born in Norman, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I am a Normanite by trade. A Norman. Elsewhere around the league, the Sixers beat the Hornets 118 to 111. Huge double double for Embiid, 34 and 11 for him. The Bucks stomp the Pacers, 20 point winners there, 130 to 110. The Clippers keep on rolling, 121-99 to winners over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Paul George, 36 points, big night for him tonight. And then we have two games in progress. The first one, it's just in the second quarter, right on the cusp of halftime. The, the Boston Celtics lead the Sacramento Kings, 46-45. The other game on ESPN right now, if you wish to watch it while you listen to us the Phoenix Suns trailed the New Orleans Pelicans 53-59. to 59. Christine, we have no more games. Back to you.
1: Wow, thanks, Ryan. Anytime. Thanks, Dan. Who's You're Dan?
2: Welcome. Who's Dan? Who is that? And he's, he's a friend.
1: Not for you to know. Uh,
2: guys, we're not having inside jokes. Dan's a friend. Amongst the two of the three uh, hosts of this show. Dan's uh, a friend. We'll, well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you after the show. Don't worry about it. Dan Carlin. Yeah, that's post-show. Huh? Dan Carlin, the guy that runs Hardcore History. He's a good dude. It's a great podcast. I think.
1: Wow. I don't think that's who we're referring to. (sniffs) Nope. Well, again, Ryan did say the Thunder won tonight, and they did. 104 to 87. Now, we've kind of talked about how they've dug themselves. Whenever they can start the game off strong and not dig themselves a hole in the first quarter, they can remain competitive and pull out these wins. But what was really impressive, obviously, was keeping... Houston down the entire game. I mean, Houston only outscored the Thunder in the fourth quarter when they scored 29. Oklahoma City scored 23, but at that point the game was pretty much already over and we're seeing practically a 30-point difference in this game versus the game on Monday. And that is obviously attributed to the defense, but offensively they were able to do well. And I guess... One of my biggest takeaways was, I thought that if SGA was out, I didn't think that they were going to be able to run a successful offense throughout four quarters. I thought it was going to be a struggle. I didn't know who was going to run the point because I didn't believe that Teo Maladon was going to be able to lead the team the entire game, so I was questioning whether that was going to fall on Hamadou Diallo, whether Darius Baisley might take a lead on that, whether... Lou Dort possibly would be the player that came in strong at that position. It was just a huge question mark for me going into this game. And for this Thunder team to be able to look so strong offensively without SGA, who they've been leaning on this entire season, I think is a huge feather in their cap, obviously. And you just look at how well the ball movement was going. And when you don't have your key distributor in the game, and you're still able to look that strong offensively. I think that's huge. So I don't know if I'm overanalyzing this, but whenever I noticed how well their ball movement was going without SGA, I thought that was, I thought that was really good.
2: What are you trying to say, Christine? Are the Thunder better off without Shea Gill Alexander? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: <laughs> no, lost. I'm not Jerry.
2: She has become Jerry Ramsey, the destroyer of worlds. <sighs> And creator of life, you know. I wasn't. Look, I wasn't well, putting
1: a negative spin on this. I was. No, just... no, I know, I know. It's uh, it's interesting how
2: things like that do happen. Like if you just sit through a season of NBA basketball, um, pretty much every night, some game features a team that is sitting their best player. And if you pay attention to that game, you probably go into that thinking, well, this team's going to lose. And then when you know it, everybody else on that roster is also a paid NBA player. And they're one of the 300 best basketball players on the face of the earth. And they can, at, you know, at times, rise to the occasion. That's exactly what the Thunder did tonight. Um, but what did you say, Ryan? That the, the Rockets had 21 assists yeah. tonight. Yeah. Uh, It was completely undone by the fact that they had 20 turnovers and the Thunder forced. They weren't careless turnovers. It wasn't like the Rockets were just being careless with the ball. I think there were like two or three maybe bad passes. But those probably resulted from a physical Thunder defense that got right up into the Rockets' face. Uh, It's highlighted by, like we've talked about a handful of times on this broadcast, uh, Tao Maldon's uh, career-high six steals tonight. I mean, the Thunder were just aggressive at the point of attack defensively. And I think that the offense really uh, just... Played off of that because at the very beginning of the of the game, like the Thunder were hitting shots, but the offense was by no means like I didn't get the sense that this was going to be how the game went like this became what it was in the second and the third quarter when the Thunder held the Rockets to I think 33 points total in the middle of the game. And that's when the offense really started going. And that's where you weirdly have to credit the bench because the bench, the bench's offensive movement was uh, very surprising. And I guess it's just because that we have little to no expectations for them. But, I mean, you're right, Christine, the the ability for the Thunder to keep the ball moving and um, moving the ball with purpose, it's humming all over the floor. It's not just pointless passing the ball for the sake of it. Uh, They're truly trying to find the guy uh, wide open for an open shot, and they did that to uh, great success tonight, and d- guys like Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, Kendrick Williams were able to feast off of it.
3: Well, and I think that's why the Thunder bench had such a good night tonight, because that's when when guys that are traditionally on, on a normal night on a normal team, when they're called upon to be a role player, maybe even a bit part role player, they're more comfortable when the offense, there's a ton of ball movement, so they can just fit in. of Okay, I'm going to go, you know, stand in this corner. This is my area, and, and I'll get the catch and shoot three here or there, or, or be able to dribble a and drive. And, and I know we're not a huge, you know, buying into the, the plus minus on one night or whatever It's not a huge thing. But when you look down the line, this is the Thunder bench tonight. You've got Roby, Miller, Jackson, Miscala, Williams, and it's plus 19, plus 19, plus 11, plus 19, plus 24. Like that's where the Thunder made their money tonight is because, yes, they were down some starters, but. That level of intensity and that level of play from the starters to the next five guys off the bench, it never wavered. It was just an unending wave of, like you said, Brady, it was just very physical, go right up in the Rockets' face. And, and I think that that's going to, you know, win you some games on a night like this where the, your, oppo- your opponent's not really hitting a ton of shots, maybe being a little loosey goosey with the basketball in one or two spots. But for the most part, Thunder forced these turnovers through a great intensity. And, and that's what you're going to get from this team. This is, you know, Individually, some of their individual characteristics on defense, like Isaiah Roby playing out of position. That hurts him a lot. Um, and, and by the way, happy birthday to Isaiah Roby today. Shout out to him. But, but I know it makes it harder, but the thing is these are all long and athletic guys, which is, you know, the Thunder way. So when they have a night like tonight where they're flying around the court, like... If Houston's not going to come out and just drill 45% of their threes, they're probably not going to win tonight just because of the the intensity that the Thunder brought on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that intensity went into offense directly off of turnovers because they were able to score 25 points straight off of turnovers, which is huge. And then they also made 22 of 26 free throws.
3: Yeah, that was was electric tonight. Like, that's insane. And and not only that... What's that
1: percentage? Hold, please. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, not not only that, it, it was the disparity. They got to the line 26 times, which that's an 84.6% free throw shooting percentage. Because I okay,
1: che- I was about to... Sorry, me. I, I just- cheated.
3: ESPN had it right in front of me. I didn't do that math in my head, but not only were oh, the Thunder... Oh, it's literally
1: right below. Never mind.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Are you looking at the same box score as the rest of us? Oh, no, Christine. Anyway, that great point. They were effective from the free throw line, but also... They put the Rockets in a position where the Rockets only went to the line thirteen times. So that shows exact, you just yeah. how aggressive they were. And anytime you've got Hami going out there, like usually Hami's been really good this season about getting to the free throw line and then and then converting, being effective. But you had Baisley, four of four. That all came in the first quarter. Like that was from the jump. It was very obvious that the Thunder wanted to set the tone and get to the rack early, and they did a great job of executing that game plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, just limiting the Houston Rockets to thirteen free throws. That shows you how smart they're playing on defense because they were able to make sure that they were pushing them to the perimeter. They knew that they were going to take those shots because they made so many of them on Monday night, but they weren't making them tonight, and they were able to keep them from really trying to attack that rim. So for them to be able to limit their opportunities on defense and then exploit them on offense by going to the bucket, I think that was a really key adjustment by Mark Dagnall.
2: Can I be a little pessimistic with this game. Just a tad. You can, you just can
3: always, yeah, just... Sure. Here you go. Wet blanket.
2: I mean, I Come said, on. I, Wet blanket Brady. I said a little bit of it earlier. Like, did the Rockets maybe pack it in a little bit early in this game? I, I don't know if it was that, but I will say, I feel like they just really settled for jumpers far too early, and I think they kind of fell in love well, with, yeah. with what they did uh, on Monday night a little too much.
1: Yeah. Well, any team that is hot the previous night that they played is basically just going to be like, well, I'm just going to keep jacking up threes because we made them the other night and um, I'll get hot eventually. I think that's what a lot of people think um, when they head into these games, especially a team like the Thunder where you know that you're probably going to be able to shoot them out if you're hot or you can just get it back eventually because no one really takes Oklahoma City seriously right now. Right. So especially when they had that knockout night on Monday when they beat them by literally 30 points or thinking, okay, I'm just going to keep shooting these shots from the perimeter because it doesn't really matter. Then you look up at the scoreboard, you're like, oh, we're down by 10. And it's like, oh,
3: no. <laughs>
1: what is, what? And then you try attacking the rim, they're like, oh, no, no, no. So I, that's kind of how I viewed this game. I also think
3: that missing John Wall, that's going to... True that's going to hurt the aggressiveness of any offense because it looks like John Wall is, maybe he's not 100%, but he looks like he's back to 85%, 90% so far this season coming off the, the back-to-back years where he wasn't really playing. So missing that, and then having Victor Oladipo. We said this earlier, but Victor Oladipo, not a very efficient night. And we kind of saw this in Oklahoma City that when Victor Oladipo isn't going early, he gets, I don't know if gun-shy is the right word, because he continues to shoot, but he just... Starts to take deeper and deeper jumpers, and anytime he gets any space, he just starts to put shots up instead of putting his head down and getting to the rim, which I, I feel like would be kind of counterintuitive. But Absolutely, that's, yeah. that's always been what Old Depot's done, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because he's one of those guys that if he hits two or three shots and heats up his night save, then he's off to the races. But that just didn't happen tonight. So, Old Depot not you know, feeling super confident and no John Wall that's going to hurt your free throw output on any given night.
2: Yeah, Vic, I mean, he's quick, he's so fast, but I just don't know. Because what, what what you were saying, Ryan, I don't know if he necessarily has the physicality, the girth, whatever you want to call it, to uh, take that punishment. <laughs> I Whenever hate when sh- you
1: use the word girth, well, I,
2: I mean, I just used it. You can hit me later. Uh, like <sighs> I don't know if he necessarily has the physicality to take the punishment of okay, my shot's not falling. I'm going to try and get to the rim because I can beat anybody off the dribble with my speed and either get fouled or just you know get a layup. I don't know if he necessarily has that mindset because that's something I was looking for so much when he was, like you said, like when he was here in Oklahoma City for that one year. And I was looking forward to it in the second year until he got traded, of course, for Paul George. But uh, hasn't really materialized with his game. And, of course, he's still kind of bouncing back from that horrendous injury he had almost two years ago. Maybe, hopefully, he gets back to the same player he was when he was with uh, the Pacers in his prime. But uh, we'll see. But, yeah, just... I don't know if that trickled down to the rest of the Rockets because I don't know about you guys, but if I'm anybody, and especially a team with Demarcus Cousins on it, if I'm playing the Thunder, my shot's not falling, go feed the big guy because who are the Thunder going? What are they going Absolutely. to do?
1: I'm, exactly. That's my thing because.
2: It's not fun in 2021 NBA. I get it. Like, it's all about shooting threes, but just f- no, but feed it to the seven foot two gigantic human because Isaiah Roby's going to stop him. Okay.
1: like I just. I, sometimes I just don't understand what these nba players are thinking where they're like no i'm just going to keep you know shooting these deep threes that i that i'm 3 of 7 for right now but you know hey that's i what made Steph them curry on monday does. Steph Steph curry wouldn't be okay um Curry curry's just one of those chew, anomalies chew on your mouthpiece. though uh
3: <laughs> yeah then, i'm not i'm it. not in
1: on that i'm not in on that
3: i just i think that's you know If this were a playoff series, I think you would see that. But in the regular season, it becomes such a, this is our offensive system, we're going to do a little bit of scouting, obviously in these back-to-back games, these mini-series, these three-day weekends, um, if you will. Uh, I think that it's one of those things that in the second game, there's obviously a little more scouting than your normal regular season game. But I I have no doubt, if this were a playoff series in game two, it would have been, all right, we're not hitting anything. Silas is going to that huddle and he's saying we're throwing it down to cousins on the low block until they stop us two possessions in a row. And if they do that, then we can revert back to the normal offense. But I just think that's a uh this is the downside of a new coach coming in trying to, you know, implement his system throughout the regular season. I think Rockets Twitter is going fire
2: Steven Silas.
1: Uh, probably. They're pretty
2: reactionary down there. They're very, just a very angry people sometimes.
1: They're just quick to respond.
2: The, I, you know? you're, Ro- you're from Houston, Christine. What can you say uh, about the Rockets fan base with your intels?
1: Uh, they're a passionate group of people. Just, Houston I, they, fans are very passionate. They about, show
2: up late. I was about to say,
3: here's my theory about Rockets fans. They're just so angry because I wouldn't want to be stuck in traffic that much to get to the games and stuff anyway. Like, I think it's just a pent-up anger of they're just always stuck in traffic, getting to the game late, and then they just take it out on poor, innocent, whoever scorns the Rockets on the Twitter machine.
2: I think Rockets fans are just mad because they get continuously told, the only reason why you guys won titles is because Michael went and played baseball. That would be <laughs> like, annoying. No, he would have
1: beat them anyway if he didn't play baseball. We promise. I like whenever you, like, fake voice cracks. <laughs> my favorite thing Um, but before we head out of here guys I want to hear your takeaways from this game what do you think the Thunder did well tonight that they could do moving forward or do you think that this was kind of an anomaly especially since SGA was out and then Lou Dort was gone what do you guys think that you're going to take away from this game
2: they got, back, they got back down to the basics, uh, defense, uh, playing with purpose on offense, playing slow and methodical, and at times when you can go out and use what athleticism that you have, you use it. Um, and all that tells me is it's a well-coached team. The franchise is in good hands because in order to get back to the lofty goals that this franchise enjoyed for the first 10 years of its existence, of course, you need to add talent to that. That's going to come with time, you hope. Uh, and Sam Presti behind the helm, you should be able to have the confidence that he's going to be able to do that in you know a year or so, in a year or so's time. Uh, but at the end of the day, on top of all that talent or beneath all that talent, you need to have a good foundation of guys that understand. Okay, we need to play defense tonight. We need to be aggressive this uh, tonight. We need to be have more attention to detail for our opponent than we did the previous night when you're playing the same opponent. So that's what I take from it. Now, what will it do for the rest of the season? I don't know. I mean, the Thunder. Uh, when they win it's going to be it's going to be fun it's going to be easy to remember because I don't know how many of these games they're going to win this season but uh guys like Darius Baisley, great night tonight Tayo Maldon as well but you're playing Minnesota back-to-back on the weekend put together two or three good games in a row so that we can keep like throwing, you know, roses at your feet.
3: Yeah, kind of what you're saying there a little bit Brady. I've really been pleased with not just tonight but over the last four or five games even when they were getting killed against Brooklyn and that first game against the Rockets. The Thunder, we know that Dagnalt came in and basically said they want to play some more modern basketball, chuck threes, layup stuff like that, but a part of that is also empowering the guys that if you're the one that grabs the rebound, go ahead and push the pace because everyone on this team can handle the ball well enough to get down the floor and initiate the offense, all that stuff. But I feel like they've done a better job of recognizing when they really need to push the pace and when they can go ahead and say, yeah, we're going to get it down the court a little bit, but then we're going to find SGA. You're going to find Teo. Slow it down and start the offense in in the proper way. So I've been really pleased with that mix. I feel like that's just, like Brady was saying, it's it's a coach that, look, we're only, how many games in? Is this game 20 yet? Was this 19? 20. 20. Okay. so game 20. You're only 20 games in. Sponsig. Brand new coach coming in. I've been really pleased with that and how, like you've said, Christine, especially on these two-game series back-to-backs, you can always see the Thunder are always coming back better in that second game. So that's, that's just a feather in the cap of Dag Null and the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, for me, I think earlier in this season, I remember we used to complain about how the Thunder did not do a good job in attacking the paint and trying to get to the rim especially since they were undersized now you see this game where they get to the free throw line 26 times and make 22 of those attempts so that means that they're really doing a good job of not only getting to the rim but leaning into that contact and making sure that they'll get those second chance shots so when you're an undersized player and you're leaning into that content that shows grit and that shows a lot of power so For me, that was a really big tell that they can start doing that moving forward. And if they continue to attack the rim that they did tonight and get those extra free throws. And I mean, sure, you're probably not going to be shooting 22 of 26 every single game. But if you're making around 80% free throw shooting, you're going to stay competitive in a lot of those games. Another thing that I kind of already touched on before was... I was just impressed by how well they played without Shea Gillis-Alexander tonight. I didn't know how they were going to look. I didn't know how confident the offense was going to be or what players are going to step up to kind of make up for the point deficit that S.J. always brings because he always averages around 20 points. So I was looking to see who was going to be able to kind of compile that amount of points to offset him not being in. And they showed a lot of promise and showed a lot of improvement. And just the bench playing as well as they did, I think is really going to be key moving forward. And it showed off tonight because the Thunder won 104 to87 against the Houston Rockets, and that's going to do it for us in this Thunder first Take post game show for myself, Brady Trantham and Ryan Chapman. We'll see you guys next time.